Welcome to Street Knowledge with Chris Graham. Chris Graham here. We're going to talk some UVA basketball game tomorrow night, Tuesday night, as we're recording UVA playing Pitt. And uh, two home games this week for Virginia, Pitt and Wake Forest. A weekend home game, first time in forever. And we'll talk about that, uh, Tony Bennett addressing that in his ACC teleconference on Monday. But let's go back first before we get ready for Pitt. Let's talk about Virginia versus Florida State, another big win on the weekend uh, for Virginia on the road. Fourth straight, right? Uh, Virginia, an 80-76 win over the Seminoles. And um, Virginia improving to 10-3 and in the ACC. Still a game out of first place. Uh, who would have thought that a few weeks ago, right? The Who's led by as many as 12 points on two different occasions. But uh, a lot of fouls were called in that second half. And... Um, Florida State was able to cut the lead a couple times to two points, Virginia holding on for the win. And um, it was tough. It was a tough game in the sense that, I mean, Florida State challenges you in lots of ways uh, that it, it's almost like the way Leonard Hamilton plays basketball is perfectly designed to, to to play and play well against Virginia, the pack line defense, the mover blocker offense. It's very rare that Virginia has to play the opponent's style of b- basketball. And in one sense, that wasn't the case. The game only had 59 possessions per team. So that's definitely Virginia's pace. But the way the game was played was a lot of, I mean, they make you play one-on-one basketball. Very athletic teams uh, that Leonard Hamilton has had at Florida State over the years. And uh, he throws them at you in waves. He'll play as many as 12 guys at a time, you know, in a, in a game. Uh, not at a time. That would be illegal. Um but, uh, you know, he, he he throws his guys out there. They're always fresh. And uh, his offense is a lot of one-on-one play. Now, Virginia, to, to to credit of the Cavaliers, did have a good assist-to-made basket ratio in this one. I think it was 18 assists on 26 made baskets. Uh, but uh, there was still a lot of uh, uh, needing to to break down the mover blocker and, and do a lot of what you call five high, basically taking the guys in the post out and align for dribble drives. Uh, and and Reese Beekman getting the rim a good bit, and then when there was help coming, kicking it out to open three-point shooters who made the shots, 10 of 18 from three for Virginia in this game. And then on defense, uh, because Florida State doesn't run a lot of action uh, with pick and rolls, uh, that takes away one part of Virginia's pack line defense, which is to take a you know, double basically uh, the ball handler on pick and rolls. They also don't feed the post a lot, so that takes away the post doubles that are a a, a trademark of Tony Bennett's version of the pack line defense. It's a lot of one-on-one defense. And, and you know, if you pick the right spot, you can have advantages there if you're Florida State. Florida State's scoring 76 points on 59 possessions in this game. Really, uh, you know, scoring a lot in that, uh, you know, after, after the first few minutes, this game really became a a game where both teams offensively were, were scoring it pretty much at will. Um, Isaac McNeely, 29 points in this game, 7 of 11 from the field. Uh, he was uh, what five of seven from three, and uh, he you know made a lot of free throws in this game. Got to the line, which was impressive. Uh, Reese Beekman twenty one points, five assists. Uh, Jake Groves uh, twenty two minutes off the bench, four of eight uh, from the field, two of two from three, ten points, and um, eighth win in a row for Virginia, and uh, that's impressive enough. After that two and three start, the three losses all on the road, all by double digits. We all remember that. It's been a while now, but uh, this Virginia team has won eight straight and is now sitting in second place in the ACC. Uh, 
four straight on the road. I, I just, you know, I'm kind of remembering back to when I think the first road win, I know the first road win was Georgia Tech uh, back on January 20th, right? The first uh, the first one of the winning streak was Virginia Tech on the 17th and the 20th for, for Georgia Tech. And that got to that got Virginia to four and three. And I remember writing, and I believed it, but at the time writing, wow, okay, Virginia usually doesn't lose at home, 23 straight at home. That's longest streak in the nation, so usually doesn't lose at home. Go 10 and 0 at home, figure out a way to win four road games. You're 14 and 6 in the ACC, you're 23 and 8 overall. It's pretty good. I'll get you in a tournament. Uh, Virginia's got the four road wins already with three still to play on the road at Virginia Tech. Uh, at Duke, at Boston College, I think it is, the Boston College game in between. Um, chance to win one or two more, perhaps. Maybe three more, who knows. But, uh, uh, you know, chance to still do some more. Uh, and and if you can hold serve at home, got two this week. Uh, hey, you know, things could be looking good. Um, talking about Andrew Rohde, we write a lot about Rohde. A lot of fans have, you know, written in uh, questioning Rohde in the starting lineup. Hey, he had a, he had a, Good game the other night. Not, you know, not breaking uh, barriers or anything else, but he had eight points. He had four assists, one turnover in 32 minutes uh, in that win. And um, in his 32 minutes, he was a plus two, plus minus. So for him, that's a, that's a relative good thing. His plus minus has been an issue this year. He's, he's I think he had the second worst box plus minus uh, in the uh, rotation uh, going into the game. So uh, Tane Murray had been getting a lot of, Rhodey's minutes uh, the last few games, they had been averaging basically in the last five going into Florida State, identical minutes. Murray only got nine minutes in the off-guard spot. He did hit a three because that's what he does. He hits his only shot usually. Um, had a block shot and a plus-minus of minus one uh, in this one. So um, Tony won this one the old-fashioned way, I, I said in my five observations column. Jake Groves, I uh, mentioned, had 10 points. Uh, he had been a starter a lot this season at the five spot, uh, sort of picking up the Vin, uh, the Ben Vanderplas role. Vanderplas, a shooting five, an outside shooting five, re replacing at the time Caden Jedrick, who's now at Texas. And um, eventually Jordan Miner working his way into the rotation as a defensive center. And uh, then Blake Buchanan, who had been going back and forth between either starting at five, you know, getting occasional spot starts at five, um, getting almost no minutes at times, and then getting a lot of backup minutes. He has really settled into the role of being the 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 backup at the five spot, and, and Miner and Blake, Blake Buchanan have really held that spot down. Uh, Miner uh, got 12 minutes early foul trouble, and then – as Tony Bennett, uh, um, you know, adjusted the game plan, uh, the offensive game plan in particular, to emphasize more of those dribble drives and trying to clear the space out, uh, that gave Groves more minutes. It gave Buchanan more minutes. Uh, Buchanan got 24 minutes in this one. Uh, Groves uh, had the biggest impact in his 22 minutes. His plus minus was plus nine. Plus minus, I mean, if you're watching this podcast, we're watching this video or listening to this podcast, whatever. Um, you you know enough. Plus minus is is the score basically when you're on the floor, uh, the margin when you're on the floor. Uh, and so those three Groves had the best night. Uh, the um, eighteen yeah it was eighteen assists on twenty six made field goals. And that's not you know in a makeshift offense, and it seemed like I mean Virginia was trying to run mover blocker first several minutes of the game. Uh, but credit to Bennett and the staff for uh, for the adjustment. 
Uh, I mentioned, like, I'm going through my five observations. You have 59 possessions in this one. Ryan Dunn, I wrote a column about him on Friday uh, about uh, a, a question from a reader regarding uh, his status as a, a lot of folks have him as a lottery pick in the 2024 draft if he comes out this year. He had uh, one point in this Florida State game. Did not shoot a shot from the field. Um, uh, one of two free throws, three rebounds, three assists, five fouls, no block shots. Um, in his last four games now, averaging 3.5 points, 6.3 rebounds, and 25.5 minutes per game. That's uh those are those are your numbers. Those <laughs> that's your that's your lottery pick. I mean, he's he's obviously Ryan is a guy that's uber talented defensively, athletically. Uh spam phone call. Um, and uh, his offensive game needs work. Um, it's not getting work, unfortunately. Um, but you know, uh, would like to see. I mean, if you if he's not going to score, if he's not going to shoot the ball, um, you would like to see more in terms of the defense and the rebounding than we saw the other night. Virginia got that win in spite of him not having a good game. Um, let's see. So, what can we get into now? Uh, let's look at uh, uh, now. Let's turn our attention to Pitt, right? Um. Pitt uh, is is a team that, boy, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure if you're a fan, you're thinking Pitt, you know, Pitt. Um, weren't they 1-5 in the ACC not that long ago? Yeah, they were. Now they're 6-6. Six and six. They won five of the last six. That streak started with an upset win at Duke. You might remember seeing the image of one of the uh, players for Pitt uh, standing on the table there mocking the, uh, the Cameron Crazies, which you got to love that. <laughs> you got to love that. Um, also in that streak of five, a five and one streak, uh, I, I'll call that a streak. I think they're the second hottest team in the ACC right now. Uh, wins over Wake Forest, NC state. Um, the only loss, a four point loss at Miami. So it, nothing to sneeze at here. This team's playing good basketball. Uh, credit to six year coach, Jeff Capel, who just got, finally last year, got his, his pit program into an NCAA tournament for the first time in his tenure. He had losing records his first, first four years. And last year was maybe a make or break year for him there. Uh, at Pitt, they went twenty-four and twelve, got to the second round of the tournament. Now at six, at fifteen and eight, I gotta correct myself there. Six and six in the ACC, make it a bid for a bid. Um, work to do, but that win at Duke will will do wonders for you, both in the and it has in the metrics, but also will do wonders for you. Uh, the eye test of the selection committee. So another chance. I mean, obviously Pitt's coming into this one thinking, hey, <laughs> another chance for a quad one win on the road. This is let's go for it here. Uh, the defensive game plan for Tony Bennett will no doubt be focused. Well, it's on two guys, but uh, the the first focus is a 6'8", 230-pound senior, Blake Henson. He's power forward in name um, and 6'8", 230, right? Big fella. But he shoots a lot of threes, 17.9 uh, points a game, 41.3% from three, and 8.1 of his uh, field goal attempts per game are threes. Uh, so as, a, as you're talking about a guy who, I mean, he's, he's making himself ready for the, for the NBA at six, seven, two you're not going to play down low. Um, so you gotta, you gotta be able to, to run around and, and hit some threes and Henson is, uh, uh, really, really upped his game there. The other guy that's getting some draft looks, uh, I'm seeing his name in second round of the, of mock drafts. Uh, if he comes out as a freshman is Carlton Carrington. He's listed as a combo guard. Um, but he's the creative guy on this offense. Um, 4.2 assists per game, 13.6 points a game. Shooting numbers not so good. Under 40% from the field at 39.7, 28.6% from three. Uh, but uh, he's, he's, a, he's a creative force on this team offensively. 
Now, the guy who plays point in name is another freshman, 6'3 freshman, uh, Jalen Lowe. Um, his season numbers belie what he's been doing of late, uh, 8.2 points, 2.7 assists per game. Uh, but in his last seven games, averaging 14.7 points, 3.4 assists, and shooting 43.4% from the floor, 36% from three. So that's a dude to watch out for. Um, the starter at the other guard spot is a high point transfer, Zach Austin. Now, Zach Austin's numbers, um, you know, don't don't jump out at you for uh, 6.8 points a game, 43% field goal, 27.7% three field goal. And he doesn't play the bulk of the minutes at the at that third guard spot, uh, but he will start. He's 6'7", and he, he's a defensive guy. Uh, and, and so, you know, I'm guessing Jeff Cable puts him out there just to help set the tone defensively. The uh, the backup there gets the minutes. Uh, Ishmael Liggett. Uh, Ishmael Leggett. I, I, I knew I was going. I don't. Why was I say that? Ross, his name say. He's a transfer from Rhode Island. Averages twelve point one points a game. Uh, shoots forty two percent from the field, thirty four point three percent from three. A six three junior. He's a tough matchup of the two guard, and so um, it'll be interesting to see just the you know, distribution of minutes there. Leggett averages uh, in the last six games. He's averaged twenty nine point nine minutes a game. So even though he doesn't start, he gets starters minutes. Um, this, uh, and this, uh, cables, uh, his, his rotation, um, he goes, uh, basically, I mean, I wouldn't call him four guards, uh, hints it at six, seven, two thirties, a little bigger, thicker, but, uh, you know, he's a, he's a small power forward and he shoots, he shoots a lot of threes. He's a stretch four. Um, so it's four, four, basically guards around a center and the minutes are split there by, uh, one of the best names in college basketball, Federico, Federico, uh, six eleven junior gets the starts. And he shoots 62.5% from the field. Very limited offense, though, mostly right around the rim. Offensive rebounds, uh, the occasional alley-oop pass. 4.9 points per game, 5.3 rebounds per game. And the uh, other guy in the mix, a much more – he's a round, more rounded player. Seven-foot sophomore, Guillermo Diaz-Graham. No relation. Seven points a game, 4.1 rebounds per game, 49.2% from the field, 36% from three as a seven-footer. I'll watch him out there on the perimeter. How Virginia matches up in this one. Um, I'm guessing that Bennett sticks with conventionality uh, in terms of how he at least starts the game. With, I would guess he's going to put Reese Beekman on low at the point. Um, and, uh, you know, you look at Lowe's numbers, and I mean, it's hard to, hard to pick who you put your good defenders on. They have, they've picked backwards, pretty talented. Um, but I would say uh, Beekman on low. I, I can see him switching over to Carrington, though, uh, depending on how things go. Uh, Andrew Rohde has size, uh, and I imagine he'll get the initial matchup on Carrington. And uh, Tay Murray uh, at 6'5 uh, is another guy with size. I don't know about his ability to keep up with a, uh offensive playmaker uh, for long stretches. Leon Bond could get some minutes in this one as a result. I think Leon, another 6'5 guy, the redshirt freshman, hadn't gotten a lot of minutes lately. And when I say not a lot of minutes, he's got three garbage time minutes total in the last four games, three DNP coaches' decisions. Uh, but uh, Bond, uh, you know, you might see him get in here in this game uh, on the defensive side uh, just as a changeup, uh, I would think, is possible. Uh, I would think then Capel, I mentioned earlier, Austin, the 6'7", uh, third guard, uh, starts games, doesn't play the, the starter's minutes in a sense. But it would, you know, I, I can see a, a scenario here where uh, Capel uses Austin 
Uh, someone, 6'4", Virginia uh, shooting guard Isaac McNeely mentioned the 29 points. He just came off that game in, with Florida State. Um, just to maybe give uh, some size and some length uh, to give McNeely problems on the offensive end. I think the featured matchup of the night, I mean, Beekman either on low or Beekman on Carrington could be a featured matchup, but uh, I'm looking forward to the Ryan Dunn versus uh, Henson matchup. Uh, Dunn, um, you know, and hopefully Dunn can get some offense in this one too, but certainly, um, you know, his defense will be very important for Virginia. Staying out of foul trouble, I like to say that all the time. And down low, the duo of, of Minor and Buchanan against Federico and, and Diaz Graham. Um, Got to watch Diaz Graham. Kid, kid can shoot threes. He can seven feet. He's going to stretch the floor with you a little bit there. So you might, might want to pay attention to that. Um, some other notes from Virginia basketball. Uh, this is not the most important thing to say the least, but I get a lot of questions from, from readers. When are we going to get back in the top 25? Well, the answer is today. Uh, Virginia Arena, their AP rankings at 21, the coaches poll at 23. Um, before this, the most recent week that Virginia was ranked was way back on December 18th. That 9-1 start, then the ugly loss at Memphis, uh, which started a stretch of three ugly losses in five games, uh, made it seem like, I don't, I, you know, I don't know if I knew at that time or thought at that time, this Virginia team would get back in the top 25 this year. Um, the winning streak got things moving in the right direction. And so Virginia is back uh, in the uh, the bottom part of the poll there. Uh, two other ACC teams ranked this week, UNC, which has the same record as Virginia at 19-5, and 11-2 and two in the ACC, just one game ahead of Virginia in the standings. Uh, Carolina's fifth in the poll this week in the uh, coaches' poll, that is, and seventh in the AP. And uh, the other ACC team ranked Duke 18-5, and 9-3 and in the ACC, so one less than each of those, one less win in each of those figures. They're eighth in the coaches' poll, ninth in the AP poll. Um, that's what uh, having... For some reason, the name recognition of Duke and UNC. Virginia is much more successful in the last 10 years. But, you know, we, we still don't have the cachet for some reason. Um, let's see. So looking forward to tomorrow night, Virginia and Pitt, ACC Network, 7 o'clock tip in JPJ. So I'll be there. Scott German will be there beside me. Let's see. To my left will be Doug Doughty. To Scott's right will be Jerry Ratcliffe. We uh, sit there as a little group have a little running conversation going through the game. Uh, we will, uh, I think, no, I think Jerry, I was going to say Doug. I don't think Doug tweets during the game. Jerry tweets during the game. I don't tweet during the game. I don't make any money off Twitter. So um, I keep my thoughts to myself during the game these days. I'm not doing the live game blogs because no one was reading them. Uh, but we will have, of course, let's see, the game should end around 9 o'clock by 9.30-ish. I should have my first uh, game story up. Uh, tomorrow, after that, tomorrow night, you know, certainly by midnight, at least another story from me, a column from Scott. Um, then on Wednesday, we'll have some more follow-ups from the interviews with Coach Bennett and players. Uh, and then we'll switch our attention to getting you ready for Wake Forest. But, uh, first things first, Virginia and Pitt. Uh, I like the matchup. You know, I don't, I don't often say what my thoughts are. You know, I do the breakdown and kind of leave it at that. I like this matchup because, um, from Virginia's standpoint, I like it in general, but I think it should be a good game. Um, uh, you know, Virginia, uh, uh, Pitt plays a, a lot similarly to Virginia in terms of the, the lineup and rotation. You know, basically a four-guard lineup uh, with a couple of bigger guards at, you know, the three and four spots. 
and then senders who uh, you know split the time basically 50-50, um, who were not there necessarily to score, but you know to do the dirty work. Very similar lineups as a result, and I think that uh, just the the home court advantage for Virginia. And I mean, I, there's a challenge. Those pit guards they can they can do some stuff, but I think Virginia uh, should should look good in this one. So, um, uh, but we'll uh, we'll have it all figured out tomorrow night uh, after this one's over. That's an easy way to say that. Uh, and uh, we'll we'll catch back up with another podcast later in the week, getting you ready for Wake Forest and. Uh, and we'll see how things go from there. Hey, if you got any questions for me, any topics you want me to address in a future podcast, a future story column, uh, you just want to tell me what my place in the world should be instead of what I think it is, I don't care. That's fine. Uh, email me at chris at augustafreepress.com.